Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to episode 32 of your favorite podcast, the Grower and I podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mahaley, alongside my co-host, Scott Simmons. Today, I'm going to talk to you about peri-workout nutrition. Why is this so important? Yet, it is so often overlooked and cast off as a variable that just doesn't matter as much. So, inside, I'm going to tell you practical application, I'm going to give you education, and I'm going to equip you with the tools you need to be able to enhance your physique and performance development. I cannot wait to chat with you guys. When I don't see you from Friday to Monday, I just start missing y'all. So, for episode 32... I'll see you inside. Man, it is uh it's a wild time right now. It's such a <laughs> wild time right now. That's an Dude, understatement. I feel like every day my mind keeps getting blown by other things. Like, 2020 is interesting. <laughs> interesting is year. Wild. Yeah. Bro, we're bringing in the decade like with an absolute bang. I'm very I'm um you know, I'm amused. It's <laughs> like, fun to watch. Everything going on is um it's a great like real life case study of just uh, like chaos. psychological phenomenon, chaos, uh, the, yeah. you know, the response to chaos. Yep. Um, again, it really we, is. We, we, we've referenced this so many times, but man, like successful is a mindset. It's not really a destination. Mm-hmm. And you kind of come to uh, become being a successful person by over time developing um, comfort in the uncomfortable and kind of pushing that boundary. I don't think success is necessarily like a monetary value. Some people yeah. might be. Yeah. Um, to me, it's always kind of been different than that. But right now, you know, we're getting a really, really, really good sense on why some people are successful and many, many people are not. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, you know, the the road uh, less traveled is truly less traveled yeah, because it's, it's hard. Yeah. I was talking to a client today. Um, dude, she actually just, you know, I asked her how her mental well-being was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's one of the clients that, you know, we we talk on check in days. And now, you know, we don't really talk much throughout the week. Yeah, uh, it's it's you know, it's a very professional, mm-hmm. very to mm-hmm. the point coach client relationship. And so today I asked her about, you know, about that. How's her mental well-being doing? She said, you know, she's feeling good. Like luckily the quarantine situation didn't really change her structure yeah. much to the day. Um but she made two really key points in there. And I know I, I know she's a successful person because of the way that she handles her business. OK, just with me. Yep. And you know, another um, I, I've referenced this before to you. Um, there's a very, 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 very high correlation between successful clients and successful people. Being a yeah. successful client, that's a, that, there is a qualitative value. There. Sure. Sure. Um, being a successful person. Uh, again, I don't believe that there is. Um, and, you know, she's just one of those people. So she tells me, number one, she just bought a fucking house. Nice. Like during the fucking pandemic nice. and the quarantine. Been, you Sounds know, like she, you. Yeah, 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 exactly. Cash That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, hey, man, no better time. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to shit Might right now. Well so go. I'm going to fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that like buying a house was I mean, you saw me go through the process was the most brutal. <laughs> absolutely terrible experience of my life. Yeah. Um. And, you know, she handled that during the quarantine with all of this chaos and animosity going on. But you know what another big one was? And it kind of lit this uh, 
or turn on the light bulb in my head. Um, so I don't really watch the news. I never watch the fucking news. Yeah. Don't yeah. fucking turn the stupid ass news on in my like. I, I surround myself with an intelligence <laughs> and that is the exact opposite. Yeah. Everything that is on the news is the exact opposite of, of intellectual um, superiority or depth or way, a way of life. Yeah. I say, if you ever heard the term headline readers, yeah, it's kind it's, of an insult. It's all the news. That's is. what that is. Oh, when I say it is a monster. <laughs> Remember that time I had you look up the definition of mediocre. Yeah. That's like what the news like kind of wants to make you. Okay. okay. And, she said she also made the comment after talking about buying her house. She said, you know, I I just don't turn the news on and it keeps me in a pretty good place. And yeah. I was like, dude, holy fuck. It really yeah. is that simple. It, it really change, is. That it simple. changes a lot of perspective. It will change your life. And then people are like, well, where do you get your news? And, you know, I'm not really going to tell you where I read about my things uh, because I want you to find a place that kind of suits your style of learning best, mm-hmm. not your fucking bias. Actually, actually, the place that I get most of my current information from Mm -hmm. is like the the polar opposite of my political bias. Like I'm, you know, very much so um, I'm very much so like like I'm slightly one way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say slightly because, you know, I believe on both sides. Yeah. And they're slightly the other way. And yeah. so I learned the most actually from that source. I believe it. And, and I love that. It's, it's not dissimilar for me talking about like, Hey, whatever you believe in challenge it with me, you better be able to understand the other side Yeah, and be able to explain it just as well as you can explain your beliefs. hundred percent. Um, but to go look at some fucking like more independent middle of the road places and stay away from the fear mongering and like the headline, the headline readers and all that shit. It's it, news. It is not, generated to serve the public news is generated to create a large amount of income yeah. and the way they create the biggest income is by trapping you they trap you they, 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 they keep you trap around you they keep you around. they play with they your emotions s- and then they sell yeah. a shitload of money on those ads in the back yeah. end if you look at what news marketing is yeah it's truly just who can we brainwash yeah you know you can't really brainwash intellectual until intellectually superior Dude, let me tell you something this is yeah. funny i had a friend he went on american ninja warrior Oh, really? How'd he do? Yeah, he did okay. Really? He I had a friend who went on there too. He didn't make it through. He, she didn't make it through the first thing. I think he got halfway. <laughs> um, and he was telling me, and, and it's that it's reality TV, right? And if you, you know, reality TV, as we all know, is garbage and fake. And he was, they interviewed him, you know, hey, my, my name is so-and-so. I do this. I'm this student. I'm, I'm going to do this, yada, yada, yada. And they said, well, hold on. We want to, we want you to be the intellectual guy, the numbers guy. Can you say it like this? And they asked him to say basically the same thing and say, no, you know, when I, when I look at this contraption, yeah, I calculate blah, 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 and stuff like that. He told me that he was like, they told me to skew the story to make it look like he wasn't lying, yeah, but I just perceived him as a different type of person. Dude, that's very, very, yeah. very funny. Yeah, and that's that's for that's the views. media. Yeah, that 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 truly is mainstream media. It's it's all that exact same way. You know, Aaron and Jordan were on a reality TV. Yeah. Show. Oh my God, dude, they have some wild stories. I you bet, you know, I don't I don't think the podcast knows. I've been pitched for two reality TV shows. Mm. Very, very, very heavily pitched. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm and, glad you didn't do them. Oh my God, it, it was definitely <laughs> an option. They were both. Um, like love or like dating. Oh yeah. Um, ones. So they're and gonna pit you against each other for sure. Yeah, yeah. One of you know one of you know what what you yeah. know what both of them are coupled with. One's huge. Yeah. Like the one's really big. It's not yeah. the Bachelor. But yeah. It's, it's no. you know a step under. You that. might have to say yes to that. And 
if, if the bachelor came around seeing the way people's brands have exploded by going on the bachelor like i would just make sure that like for that and that alone it's for worth that it. and that alone it truly could be worth and yeah. you're only gone like max see here's the thing with me is i would want to get in and get out like i'd want to be around for like two weeks yeah so i'm making enough episodes like i get enough airtime yep but then like i gotta i gotta go i got businesses around me i gotta go and yeah. like i'm not here to marry this chick yeah <laughs> i'm here for airtime baby yeah. Here for airtime. <laughs> if you need coaching, let me know. I'm gonna come on and I'm gonna pull her aside and I'll be like, look, I think you're fantastic. Like, I would love to be friends with you. I think you're really <laughs> fucking beautiful. You probably don't even remember my name. I'm here because I have a message I want to spread to people of health and wellness. Yeah. And you know, like I would make myself look like, man, like he was never really here for her. But like, man, he was really here for like a good cause. But it wasn't for her, but it was a good cause. You have you have both sides on yeah. Twitter, 50-50. Exactly. Half would hate you, half would be like, this and, guy's doing the right thing. Yeah, but the good thing is, is of that 100 percent whole, it would be way bigger than it is now. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, now, yeah. you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand people know who I am, then mm. millions and millions and millions and millions of people. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. That would feel good. I bet it would. <laughs> I bet it does for those that, who have been through. That would feed the ego bigly. Um, so, you know, now it's an interesting time, but I want to talk about as we're going to be transitioning back into the gym and to working out, gyms are opening up. They're open here in Texas. And dude, let me tell you, it's awesome. Feels a little bit weird. Um, it's different. I would say so. Different vibe. The energy is different. Energy is different. I, I don't personally. It's yeah. hard for me to walk in and I'm doing bench mm-hmm. and the way gym one is set up bench is over on the other side of the building and you can hear someone doing kick curls. And, yeah. And you and hear it over by the like yeah. on the other, on the other half of the gym. There's so few people there and yeah. everyone's like, yeah, everyone's just minding their own business. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's, I don't even think it's social distancing. I just think people are ready to like get the escape and the release from the gym. There's not a lot of communication going on people that, um, you know, I am friends with that we are friends mm-hmm. with. We haven't really talked to a ton at the gym. I noticed like, that. Yeah. yeah. Like we see him like, like, my, you know, my friend John, mm-hmm. um, well, both John, I've only seen him once. Really? Yeah. John, John Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. So there's John Garcia. And then there's the classic physique, John dude, who oh, won the San Antonio yeah, yeah, show yeah. who okay. works out. Right now. Yep. Um, yeah. Like we, we just haven't, you know, really talked a lot. I think we're all just like trying to just get back, find our groove again. Yeah. You know, if you will. Um, but transitioning back into the gym setting, you know, a few things you need to understand. Number one, you're not going to be as strong as you were when you left. OK, we need to be able to ease back into that. And I know that you want to hit the ground running. Just go, 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 go. But depending on the work that you put in during quarantine, if you put in really, really, really good work during quarantine, your first week back and trust me on this, you have to trust me on this. Take it like 70, 80 percent. Like ease back into things like you can take sets pretty close to failure, but with 70, 80 percent of the load, you, you commonly do. Don't don't get into a place where you are in way too deep to recover because you're going to be hurting. Like you're going to be really, really, really sore. OK, so let's get back in there. Let's attack it. But let's be really fucking smart with our approach here. Let's make sure that we're constantly assessing in real time. How am I feeling? How am I responding to this? Am I putting myself in the most advantageous uh, position to complete this movement? Am I allow, am I going to be out training my recovery? Um, Just assess in real time what's going on. And dude, don't just like be one of those people gets back into the gym. You do cardio and weight training every single day, seven days a week. Can't miss got to make up for the time dude you're going to end up fucking yourself so bad Mm -hmm. but there's a huge component 
to physique and performance progress that I feel um, I feel as if a lot of people overlook it still, even though it's pretty common knowledge uh, of the benefits of peri-workout nutrition being optimized for physique and performance. Um, but I want to touch on this right now so that some of you guys can apply and maybe understand why this is very, very, very important as we get back into uh, the, the the gym setting here. Okay. Um, your pre, your intra, and your post-workout nutrition, your energy intake in those three uh, places, that's what makes up your peri-workout nutrition, okay? Very, very, very important. We've talked a little bit about how to prime your mind for your training session, how to prime your body for your training session. Um, I, I think it's very inconducive to not think about the training session far beforehand. Um, personally, I think about my training session all day. Um, I know exactly what I'm going to do tomorrow when I go in the gym. Today was a rest day. And I've been thinking about it since I left the gym yesterday. Not everyone needs to obsess over it that way. But you need to have some sort of some sort of plan in place that you're going to follow. And you need to have these you need to mentally Matt and I talked about on the mm-hmm. podcast. You need to mentally be able to get ready, pull yourself up slowly but surely. And when it's go time, it's motherfucking on. You have to be able to get yourself to that place. A huge part of this is being properly fueled for your performance. When you're going into the gym, you should have a lot of water down for the day. I have this. What is this? This is like 60. Half gallon, right? That's a half gallon. Yeah, this thing's half gallon. I have one of these half gallon blender bottle things, which, to be honest, made my life way fucking easier getting. And every day before I go to the gym, I have one and a half of those down. So I know I'm properly hydrated. I'm going to be able to attack. And then I have one whole one while I'm at the gym. All right. So by the time I'm done at the gym, I'm already what? That's about a gallon and a half in. Mm-hmm. Like I'm almost a gallon. I'm about a gallon and a quarter in uh, for the day already. And that's, I mean, that's a really great place to be. If you're not hydrated, then you're going to have a whole say, but then it's issues. like 5 PM. Yeah. And you still have yeah. the rest of the night. Yeah. So I yeah. like, I mean, every single day is pretty, it's two gallons every single day. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very consistently. And a lot of people um, listening to this might throw that under the rug because, well, Justin's, you know, 260 pounds and whatever. Um, it, it doesn't really have much to do about that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more so getting the consistency, allowing your body to have that consistency. There's a big difference between one, 1.52. Um, your body adapts to it though. You know, once you get your water intake up there, you adapt to it, but you're also, you're going to understand how much more efficiently you're actually running, um, and performing, um, not just in the gym, really in all aspects of your life. So let's talk about this pre-workout nutrition phase. So I think, uh, until intra-workout nutrition was introduced, there were a lot of people who, um, I don't want to say overvalued the pre-workout meal because the, the pre-workout meal is absolutely huge. Um, that's the most important full meal you have throughout the day. But we need to understand that this meal sets us up for our intra-workout energy as well. Okay, this meal sets us up for training, sure, but it really just sets us up for the beginning of the training session. Okay, Um, we have a pretty decent study that was done that said after just one set of bicep curls, 
your glycogen can be depleted up to 12% during a training session from one set of bicep curls. So imagine taking a leg press set to failure, how much that depletes. Okay. And now the rest of your workout, you're going to be running off fumes. So the pre-workout meal, essentially it, it primes us to be ready to perform. It gets us ready for really those first couple really fucking hard sets. Um, and that's perfect. That's getting exactly what we want out of it. Um, the protein from this pre-workout meal is setting us up to be able to have some to be to to utilize during the training session when muscle protein breakdown is occurring. Okay, um, you know this can prevent protein degradation uh, uh, degradation from happening at uh, too high of a level. Um, and also it allows MPS, that pre-workout protein allows muscle protein senses to have something to go ahead uh, and, and shuttle and utilize, if you will. OK, pre-workout, that should be your largest carb containing meal of the day. Um, I really like 25 to 35 percent of my clients carbohydrates taken in right here. OK, if your carb are, if your carbs are lower, uh, like if you're in prep or something, then it's going to be probably 40 to 50 percent of your carbs are going to be taken in right here. All right. So that when we get into the gym right away, we're able to get a pump. We're able to perform. We don't get discouraged right away because we don't feel well because, that's you know, you have a lot of energy that you just took in to be able to perform. We want these to be like a medium or a high. GI carbohydrate. We want this to be something that's going to get get that blood glucose up. We're about to utilize a lot of insulin. We're going to make insulin our best friend during this training session. So if we have a slow digesting like uh, some steel cut oatmeal or something pre-workout, it's not going to get us where we need to be. Okay, or uh, like maybe an apple um, that is not going to get us where we need to be. Let's have some white rice. Let's have some cereal. Uh, let's have some pasta, something like that. That's really truthfully, I think rice and cereal are kind of my favorite ones. Um, but those are going to get us where we need to be. That's going to raise our, our blood glucose uh, pretty substantially. We're going to walk into that training session with insulin already roaming with nutrients already being delivered and, and full glycogen, muscle glycogen stores. And that's huge. That's powerful. All right. We, we want this to also be slightly moderate fat. Um, and for me, it's about 10 to 15% of your daily fat intake can be around this meal. I guess that, that's like low moderate. Um, rather than just moderate. We want to have some fats here because fats are going to delay the the uh, rate of digestion for the carbohydrates. It's going to delay um, how quickly they get into the bloodstream and how active they become. So if we if we take white rice, for example, a lot of us are going to just like crush right through that. Like we're you know, that that that's going to get uh, shuttled very, very, very quickly. If we can slow that down just a little bit, but still have that very high GI carb that's still elevating blood glucose a ton, that's really going to help us a ton in our performance, especially as we get started in that training session, like I said. Uh, about 20 to 25% of your protein should be taken in here again. As I explained, that's going to help us a lot with uh, offsetting the, the breakdown of protein, um, not allowing glucagon to go steal amino acids to utilize, to utilize for glycogen. Um, we're going to prevent against all that, okay? Um, glucagon, when, when you are training, if your insulin's too low, we're going to talk about that here in just a second. Uh, if your insulin's too low, glucagon comes, takes those amino acids, converts them, they undergo gluconeogenesis real quick, converts them to glycogen, and then that you know, spikes your blood glucose because your body's goal is not to preserve the muscle or the amino acids. 
the body's goal is to be able to survive and thrive and be able to get through this training session. It has to survive this training session. So it's doing the exact opposite that you want it to do. It's taking away from something it has excess of, which is amino acids from this muscle tissue and replacing something that it needs more of, which is the glycogen to elevate your blood glucose and utilize the insulin that that uh, is responding to the training session. What's the time frame? When do you take, when should you have this meal? Yeah. So this meal anywhere. So I do it probably like 40 minutes for my trance. I do it as close as I can mm-hmm. without digestion being an issue. Mm-hmm. So your pre-workout meal should be the, the easily, e- most easily digestible meal you have through the day. Mm. Okay. So like every single day, mine is white rice and chicken. It is so fucking easy, but mm-hmm. it gets us to that point to, you know, to the goal. If your digestion rate is a little bit slower um, than mine, maybe an hour is good. Really don't want to go much outside of an hour, though, uh, because here's the thing, even with intra workout nutrition, you know, yes, it, there is a, a small amount of satiety that comes with that very, very, very small amount. I mean, the really the satiety comes from the amount of uh, fluid you're digesting during your training more so than the energy you're taking from that. Um, but by the time you're done with your training session, and then especially like someone who's enhanced, like I got to take my growth hormone as soon as I'm home, got to wait another 20 minutes. See, fuck it. It's been three and a half. It's been four hours, maybe four and a half hours since my last meal, mm-hmm. you know? So I try to take that as close as possible, but we don't really want to still be digested. Yeah digesting when we get into that training session yeah okay um so that's what i want you to focus on is probably anywhere in that 40 to 60 minute window is probably going to be pretty good okay um now transitioning to intra workout this one's really really important my intra workout basics i want someone to have 10 to 20 grams of essential amino acids we know that we have to have at least 20 grams of carbohydrates to be able to blunt cortisol response. So I just go a little bit over that 25 grams uh, carbohydrates minimum, but I want people to essentially take in the max you are able to digest here for performance. I have guys just like Matt said, when he was on, he has guys taking 150 carbs intra. I have guys, uh, I have two guys right now, 130 grams of carbs intra. Um, I mean, I, I have a couple girls over 80 grams of carbs in that intra meal. What, how much can you get away with? How much can we take from here? And let's talk about why we want to take advantage of insulin. Okay. Understand everything in the body. I talked about this in the, how we grow. I believe that was episode 16, the, how we grow podcast. Your body is constantly fighting anabolic versus catabolic nature. Okay. Anabolic is simply growing catabolic is simply breaking down okay insulin is an anabolic hormone cortisol catabolic hormone as you train cortisol rises okay this is your body's stress response to the stimulus you're placing upon it cortisol rises muscle protein breakdown starts occurring that glucagon monster it comes out and it starts trying to take these amino acids convert them to glycogen your muscles are being broken down in real time by your resistance training your body's trying to prevent it it's trying to prevent it um the cortisol response can trigger into things like lactic acid and things and, and items like that that kind of prevent or hold you back okay so how can we turn these off how can we turn these down and also so just being in a training inherently is already very stressful. 
however we can mitigate as much stress as we possibly can that's placed on the body during this time, we're able to enhance the recovery. We're able to get a head start on that recovery so that for days and days and days, we're not delayed. Okay. We're not delayed in our nervous system response and we're not delayed on the musculoskeletal level. Okay. This is really, really, really important. The higher that cortisol goes, the higher that stress goes, the harder it's going to be to transition from a sympathetic to a parasympathetic state post-workout, the worse your digestion is going to get. Um, the harder it's going to be able to eat post-workout. Um, and the worse your training sessions are going to be, your training sessions are going to be shorter. If, if we're not taking advantage of, of the insulin and we're just allowing, um, cortisol to, thrive essentially then we're not going to really be able to to bounce back from that you're going to have to there, there's reps that you would have been able to get and there's maybe whole sets that you would have been able to get that you're not able to get now okay so it's a really 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 big deal have to take advantage of the insulin when we take advantage of the insulin what happens to these catabolic hormones insulin rises and insulin always defeats cortisol okay insulin rises cortisol gets shut back down Return to baseline, pretty low level. From here, this is why essential amino acids are important. In real time, you are breaking down muscle protein. You are breaking down amino acids at the muscular level. You're, you're breaking down muscles um, all the way to the cellular level that, that need regenerated and reshaped and recovered. Okay. Amino acids right away in real time. Insulin's insulin's thriving. This is a great place for muscle protein synthesis to thrive. Muscle protein synthesis has to have something to be able to hold on to. We're taking those pre-work that pre-workout protein that we just ingested. We're using that in real time. We're taking these EAAs that is completely broken down amino acids that take very little digestibility. And we're cranking the we're we're turning these things over in real time. We're starting the fucking recovery process while we are training. Why would you not want that? Literally, for what reason would you not want that? And yes, you do need to count EAAs in your uh, in your daily macro intake. Would you Would you prefer to have them then have liquid carbs versus whole foods? Yeah. So this is a really, really, really good question. And the carbohydrate component, a lot of people, it's it, it's tricky with because they have high levels of hunger during prep. Mm-hmm. And man, like it sucks to waste some of that on liquids. Ooh, yeah. On the other hand. When you are in a completely sympathetically driven state like training, mm-hmm. your digestion turns to shit because it's not the body's main focus. When you're in a parasympathetic state, your only goal here is to survive and thrive. Your body loves having energy and taking in energy and being able to utilize it and store it and do all the cool things that it wants to do with energy. It loves that. But when you're in a when you're in a fucking cage match, guess what? It doesn't want. It doesn't want to eat. <laughs> it, it doesn't want to fucking. Yeah. It, when you're in a life or death situation, which is a fight or flight response, that is a sympathetic state, which is what training drives you to be. It doesn't want to worry about digestion. It's trying to fucking pr- protect itself from getting killed. That's that's how your body views this training. Mm-hmm. Like, why are my muscles being torn apart and what is happening to them? And what is all of this, this nervous system overload that I'm undergoing all yeah. these things, dude, it doesn't want to fucking focus on digestion. Yeah. So, 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 so that let's that take in, helps. yeah. So let's take in carbs and, and proteins that are literally broken down for us. Yeah. That literally just go in the gut and be assimilated. That's like, why the carbolin EAA mix is always a good thing. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Hexagen or carbolin, um, um, those are the, the, I mean, those are my two, um, preferred sources. 
And I've never noticed any digestibility issues um, with either of them. And that's huge. I mean, you know, you can, you can, you can do a workout and you can crush some gummy bears during the workout. I used to do this. Yeah. And I would just notice that, man, I get real backed up and gassy when I, when I crush these gummy bears during the workout. But like if I eat them any other time during the day, like I'm good. Well, you'd have to eat quite a bit too, to reach that level, right? Yeah, yeah, you do. And, and. You know, you're, and you're, you're, I mean, your body's working at that point, working so hard. Yeah. And, you know, even extremely simple sugars like that, like, yeah, you know, some people can handle it. You know, some people digest yeah, well. I believe if you're truly training as hard as you possibly can, balls to the wall, you probably can't take food during your workout. Well, the whole goal is efficiency and optimization. It is. Right. It is. You might as well just pick the most optimal. Yeah. What's the most, what's the easiest way to achieve this goal? It's not Mm -hmm. by eating. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, It's going to be by drinking. This isn't to say you can't eat your carbs and get a good response from it. Um, I, I honestly, I I truly do highly recommend against it. I really, really, really do. Um, now are we comparing, uh, uh, are, are are we splitting hairs at this point? Um, one could argue that I would argue that it's bigger than splitting hairs because I would argue that every day you nail intra workout nutrition. I mean, I mean, how much data do we need to have that says you're able to get more sets, more reps, more tension, more overload, more stimulus? It's a 0.1%. Every, every single day is a 0.1%. So yeah. now throughout the course of a week, you know, you're at least 0.7% better. Yeah. Over the course of a month, you're 2.8% better. Yeah. Over the course of a year, that's uh, what about like you 30 could, fucking percent better. <laughs> like you can still skip deal. it and see progress, but the next, yeah. the other guy on this next to you on stage is going to crush you. He's doing it. Yeah. You can take. This can help put it in perspective. Take the same person. Yep. You can try it if you want. You, you, you listening to this, you can try it if you want. Nail your intro workout nutrition perfectly one day. Okay. Have all of your variables the exact same. I'm talking sleep, water uh, that's in by the end of your training session, how hard you went in your training session. Um, to even keep it on the same day. Like keep it on like, you know, keep it on like a leg day or a back day or a push day or, you know, whatever. Have every single variable the exact same. This is going to blow your mind if you actually do this. Every fucking variable the exact same. One day don't have inch workout nutrition. Mm-hmm. The other day have inch workout nutrition. Five minutes after you're done with your workout, truly set a timer five minutes after you finish your last set, hop on the scale and you're going to see anywhere from a one to a three pound difference from proper inch workout nutrition because your muscle, your muscles are fully saturated. So try that out. Let me know. Get back to me. And you're also going to undersee. You're also going to realize, I bet um, in the days following your recovery is going to be a lot better just from one time, just one anecdotal case study here with yourself. And you're going to realize very quickly, again, everything, the exact same. You're going to realize the recovery is much better. Your workout was much better. And, and at the end of the day, that 0.1% means a fucking lot. So, so intra-workout nutrition is very, very, very important. Let's understand this component of physiology. Glycogen fuels your ATP. Glycogen fuels the Krebs, the, the, the Krebs cycle. Krebs cycle needs glycogen or other uh, carbon containing energy elements, which is protein or fats. Uh, Glycogen is by far the easiest for it to use because it generates this into ATP. And remember, adenosine triphosphate, that's ATP. That's what we utilize for muscular contractions. That is the main energy source for muscular contractions. It's very, very, very important. So we need to constantly refuel. I mentioned that data point about the bicep curls drowning out 12%, just bicep curls. 
So if we're not constantly refueling what we are burning, then your performance is going to suffer. Is that statistic with a pre-workout nutrition, a pre-workout meal? Yes, the the nutrition 90 minutes prior, which is out of my window, was controlled sure. okay. in that study. Interesting. Um, but not intra-workout. There's no intra-workout no nutrition. Intro. Yeah. So they're just, I mean, you know, one can assume that after five sets of bicep curls, you know, you're about anywhere You're from almost 50, out of gas. Yeah, you're 50 to 70% out of gas. Like you, you said, know, imagine a heavy squat or yeah. an axe squat or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're rough. taxed. Yeah. You're drained on that. So something to keep in mind there. Um, ATP only gets one usage per cycle. Okay. It's one of the more inefficient processes in my opinion, one of the more inefficient processes in the human body. ATP goes, a muscle, a muscle contracts and utilizes ATP and it takes that one of those phosphate bonds. It then turns into ADP, which is adenosine diphosphate. And it just roams around the body and essentially gets expelled. Sweat or bowel movement or urine gets expelled. It only gets utilized once. We take creatine monohydrate pre or intra workout. Boom. Creatine goes in, finds these ADPs, donates phosphate bond. It's ATP again, circles back, finds the muscle to contract in. Boom. You got two usages out of one molecule that's pretty fucking cool that's a big deal you can literally by adding five grams of creatine monohydrate to your intro intro workout protocol you instantly become stronger you're instantly able to train and push further we got real nerdy I love that was cool. getting nerdy. <laughs> that, that was cool. I like that was interesting. That's so funny. Yeah. That's super funny. Maybe I should get nerdy on more of these points. So I think so. it would probably turn into a four hour podcast. Yeah, we'll Honestly, get, I have nothing to do. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. EAAs, as touched on, they're very, very, very important to start recovery. You can start recovering in real time during your training session. List one downside of that. You're going to be very hard pressed to find one. Obviously, the creatine for the ATP. Sodium is needed during your training session. I recommend about a gram for my clients for nutrient transportation, blood volumization. Sodium allows you to get a pump, but it allows you to get a pump because it, it, it's a, it helps act as a vasodilator helps raise your blood volume. So more blood gets into the muscles and gets there easier. Can I ask you kind of a dumb question? Yeah. Why are you using pink Himalayan salt? Yeah. Over normal salt. Yeah. Like table salt. The, 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 here's the thing about any exotic salts is there's lots and lots and lots of minerals that come from not constantly being broke. Like table salts, so fucking broken down. Yeah. Like it's so it's refined manufactured and, and stuff. refined yeah. and refined. And, you know, table salt, it, you know, it, it, it does work. It, it works okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, again, some would argue we're, we're splitting hairs. I yeah. don't believe this is splitting hairs. Yeah. I want, what was it? Point one percent. It goes always. back to it goes back to. Do you want a chicken and broccoli body or a Kodiak cake body? Yeah. You know? Okay. Sure. Do you want you know what's the most natural occurring for the human body to digest and absorb and actually be able to utilize? Mm-hmm. You know, or do you want you know something that's you know man made? <laughs> yeah. You know, essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. a man made. Yeah. So there's more minerals. Yep. Um. That that come with any exotic salt. There's like Hawaiian salt. 
Um, there's so you're just ir- op- Irish just salt optimization salt. and efficiency. It's just That's optimization and efficiency. Okay. It really it's again it's a point one. Yeah, and if you don't intake sodium, but you intake a bolus of of energy during this time frame, you will run into digestive issues. Um, sodium is very important for for nutrient transportation out of the gut. Okay. You need water to rehydrate, very overlooked component. You should be smashing water during a training session. At least one liter for a training session, at least. This is, this is a variable that is oftentimes done wrong in the intra-workout nutrition realm. I want you to have that drink down by your second or third working set of the day. Mm-hmm. I don't want us to span this out across the entire training session. Okay. What good does, you know, five grams here, 10 grams there, six grams there. What good does that do? Whereas we could just go in, have say 50 grams of carbs and and 20 grams of EAAs down by your second working set of the day. You're going to do seven, eight working sets. And now the rest of that time, you know, is going to be spent, partitioning those nutrients, sending them where they need to go, allowing the body to utilize them, soak them up, uh, make the most out of it, optimize what it's doing, what you are asking of it by utilizing these nutrients. So don't just like wait until the end of the session, have it all down. Um, a very ideal setting would be mixing the, the five grams of creatine, the 10, 20 grams of EAAs, the at least 25 grams of carbohydrate, the at least one gram of sodium. The ideal scenario would be mixing all that in a one liter bottle, shake it up, start start sipping this when you're walking on tremble about five minutes to warm up or something, 10 minutes, whatever you need, and then have that down by the second working set of the day. That would be very, very, very ideal. And you're going to notice a big difference too. Well, like you said, you want to start the recovery process as soon as possible. Yeah. And, and another huge item is you start taking that in already. It's going to push that blood glucose higher. It's going to push that active insulin re- release much higher. And now we're starting our training session with insulin activity through the fucking roof and cortisol trying to play catch up over a more powerful hormones a really 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 tough hill for it to die on Mm -hmm. because it's not going to catch up dude you know what i like i like that you keep bringing up splitting hairs yeah because the more we talk about it the more i realize that one gram of sodium yeah really yeah you know what i mean yeah but that would differentiate yeah on on a stage it makes a difference yeah that's the differentiator a fucking difference like every single little variable here and i don't care if if your goal is not to ever be an overall bodybuilding champion that's okay i know there's a ton of people who don't compete who listen to this podcast that's okay but this shit still matters in terms of reaching your goal you know that girl or that guy that you say is hashtag physique goals they're they're probably doing this. I mean, this is some of the shit that they're probably utilizing. Yeah. If they're not, and they still ended up with a wild physique, they just either been in it a really long time or, you know, a complete genetic freak. Well, I mean, even this will just get you there faster. <clears throat> It'll get you there faster. Yeah. Like it's going to enhance, it's going to enhance literally it's, it's, everything. It's just funny coming, someone who doesn't know any of the science yeah. behind of this stuff. Yeah. When you talk about it and you put it in the perspective of, you know, this is what a body does naturally. Yeah. And you might as well just give it what it wants. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That's a really fucking good and simple way to to put this shit. Like some of you might, again, believe this is splitting hairs. I, again, believe this is not whatsoever splitting hairs. Give the body what a fucking. Why would we starve the body from what the fucking wants? Well, like from what's optimal. Take it it from someone who doesn't compete and doesn't plan on competing. Yeah. 
I'm going to do this after we, we I know we've talked about this. Yeah. I'm going to fucking do this Cause, tomorrow. Cause you still want to see those numbers go up in the yeah. gym. Like you still want to, why are you better. there? Exactly. Like we're, we're not there to not improve. Yeah. <laughs> we're literally there for one fucking reason. So how, yeah. how, how can we get to that place the fastest? And you know, especially for folks who are natural, who are not enhanced, this means even more. Mm. Um, and there's uh, like, like this means way more because naturally your cortisol response is going to be much higher testosterone and uh, supplementing with performance enhancing drugs that are testosterone based kind of puts a cap on you kind of self-regulate you auto-regulate your own cortisol you can only go so high when fucking testosterone is so high mm-hmm. and so in natural folks there's no auto-regulation of that it's just if it wants a fucking spike, it'll spike. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck you do to prevent it? Like, you yeah. can't do. It. And I would assume a large um, percentage of our listeners are natural folks. Yeah. <laughs> so this just makes sense to take advantage of. Yeah. If you're utilizing growth hormone post training. This is going to be really important for you to monitor your blood glucose after you come out of your training session. All right. We want that blood glucose under 95, preferably under 90 before we utilize that growth hormone. So we want to take enough time for us to be able post training for that to come down, relax, get into a more parasympathetically driven state. Take that growth hormone, allow it to utilize. If insulin's too high, if your blood glucose is too high. You're not going to be able to utilize your growth hormone. It's it's not it's not going to get used up. Insulin's got to be low for growth hormone to be able to thrive. They're both uh, they're almost antagonists of each other, if you will. And again, insulin is way too strong of a hormone. So after that, you need to wait about 20 minutes to eat. All right. I also always in this time want to take calm. Uh, revive calm post-workout. If you've never tried revive calm post-workout, you are missing out on an absolute beast of a cheat code, like a monster of a cheat code. This is going to get you into a parasympathetically driven state much quicker. It's going to calm you down much quicker. It's going to allow you to recover much more efficiently. It's going to allow your, your uh, post-workout digestion and hunger to be more optimal. Um, it will, and, and again, I mean, the most important component like scott said let's give the body what it wants it wants to calm down post training revive calm can help you get there very 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 easily and obviously they're partners of this podcast make sure to support the the the, the god pod with the mahaley 20 uh coupon code at the checkout there but even if you don't want to use my fucking code hey i'm just trying to save you money i don't know add in calm yes i'll get it add in calm dude i'll give you anyone else's god i know everyone's freaking good i'll give you anyone's good how many do we have me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got a whole team of codes <laughs> and and calm post workout is absolutely ridiculous um personally i take i take forecast post workout forecast before bed and you know it's wild i made a ton of comments to scott recently i've I've recovered better, made more mm-hmm. progress and slept better than ever. I, I don't think that there's, there's no accident. My, my sleep in my entire life's never been this good. Yeah. I like that you called it a cheat code. Yeah. Cause this was the, one of the variables you weren't, I don't think you no, were doing. I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah. I, I was not doing it. And it's amazing what happens when my sleep gets so fucking good that the only thing I can do is grow and progress. Yeah. Like I'm hitting weights right now. So I'm, I, I was 260 this morning. We're in a little dieting phase. You guys know. I'm lifting heavier weights now than I did when I was 302 pounds. Yeah, you're hitting PRs. It, left and right. Yep. Every training session right now yeah. for the last three weeks, every single training session, I've hit a PR. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, there's great power in that. And, um, you know, there's, there's, you, you can't overlook the fact that the only variable that changed is I added in compost workout and then I added it in before bed. Cause I was actually doing it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing my full dose in the mornings. I'm so stressed in the morning. Like when I wake up with just amount of workload Yeah, and dude, I handle that so much better now too. It's been fucking well, You have the, you have, your brain is yeah. parasympathetic if you will. Yeah. 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 And, and so dude, it, yeah, man, it's made my life so much better. Um, and again, it's, What's the 0.1% variable? This one's, this one's not even just 0.1 for, this is 0.1 for life, man. You can handle everything life throws at you because you're able to just fucking literally be calmer in your responses, reactions to the situations. That's, you know, that, that's a really big deal. Um, utilizing insulin pre-workout, obviously the, the exogenous, uh, insulin utilizing that pre-workout completely mitigates catabolic hormones from being able to rise that's why you see like myself included we utilize insulin uh pre-workout because it allows nothing but anabolic activity to occur okay it's also very important has a very important place in a post-workout setting i do believe insulin is run best pre and post-workout both this doesn't mean i have every client do that most clients utilize insulin. Uh, we, we, we work up to that. Also, mm-hmm. it's also, you don't, you know, you, you, this, this podcast isn't going to turn into a PED, um, insulin education session, <laughs> but there's downsides as well. Sure. And so we need to be aware of those out. And the more experienced you are an insulin user, the less downsides there are going to be. Mm-hmm. So it kind of mitigates that as we go. It sounds like you should be experienced. Yeah. In insulin. 100%. If you're utilizing, if you are utilizing insulin, make sure either you or whoever's guiding you is very well versed in these items. I mean, extremely well versed, especially with insulin. Cause one fuck up and you know, and, and insulin, like insulin's like the safest drug you can take when taken properly. Yeah. <laughs> and the least yeah. safe drug when taken improperly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a slippery double edged sword right there. there. Yeah. 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 To say least it is a double edged sword. So let's talk about this post-workout phase. Understand the goal is fueling for recovery, but catabolic hormones are still high just because we're not straining the muscles in the body anymore. doesn't mean that catabolic hormones just stop. They're still working. They're still, they still understand like, Oh man, like my, Muscle fibers are shredded and torn apart. I need to recover them. How can I protect the body? And it's by releasing these catabolic hormones and catabolic hormones are responding to the amount of stress that you place on it. They respond for hours after. The body is still very sensitive to fuel here. So we want to feed, but we don't want to overfeed. I think a lot of people pre-workout and intra-workout are the two most important meals of the day. Then there's a massive gap in between those two and post-workout. Your post-workout meal becomes more important as your pre-workout and intra-workout meal are perfected. Mm. If your pre and intra aren't perfected, you're honestly, your post-workout meal is just another fucking meal. Is, are you, if you go really heavy with your post-workout meal, yeah. are you kind of going against the parasympathetic state? So or is it yes. not very much energy? Yes, you can. That's actually a really, really, really good point. Um, yes, you can drive yourself back into a sympathetic state if you're stuffing. Yeah. Um, but that's enough energy to produce that response. So, so let's look at, let's look at what we want to do post-workout and then what we don't want to do. And I think that'll kind of make the picture a little Mm -hmm. bit clear here. So what we want to do post-workout is we just want to give the body nutrients to be able to continue recovering. 
if you are viewing your post-workout meal as I need to refill my glycogen stores, well, mm-hmm. then if you need to do that, you 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 didn't hit your pre and intra very well mm-hmm. because your glycogen stores, yeah, they're going to be pretty depleted. Like mm-hmm. they're going to be pretty wrecked, but we don't just want to have, you know, 50 fucking percent of your carbs in the post-workout meal. 50% of the carbs per day in the post-workout meal when we're not going to be utilizing any of that. We want to refill them up enough. Mm-hmm. We don't want to overfill them. Yeah. Or we, you know, we're not going to be utilizing that glycogen, you know, for intense training until the next day. So mm-hmm. like now the next most important meal you have is tomorrow's pre-workout meal. <laughs> okay. That's the yeah. one where we fill it up yeah. and like we make it happen and we really get after. If our glycogen stores are just constantly fucking full all day, 24 seven, I mean, eventually you're going to spill over. You're going to start, you're going to spill over the amount of stores that you have. You're not going to be able to store this glycogen as glycogen. You're going to be able to convert it to fat. Your, your body has unlimited fat stores. That's if glycogen is always full, you're fat. Mm. If glycogen runs, you know, around, uh, you know, midway capacity through a large majority of the day, or maybe slightly over that, you're probably in a pretty good place. Mm-hmm. If you're under halfway capacity, you're probably burning pretty decent amount of fat. Yeah. I mean, your body's pretty fucking smart. Mm-hmm. And so the body responds to what you have equipped it with. If you equip it with 100% full glycogen source all the time, well, where the fuck else has had to shift things? Yeah. <laughs> it has nowhere okay. else for okay. items to go other yeah. than to the place where we have unlimited energy available to store, which is body fat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the con- con- converting amino acids, protein to fat is very hard. That is very metabolically inefficient. That very rarely happens. Protein gets stored in the muscles or, um, you know, it, it, there, there's some liver stores it's just very rare. That's going to be converted to fat glycogen. Not that hard. It's not that metabolically taxing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so your body has no qualms against doing it. Yeah. You are giving it energy and it is taking the energy and doing with it what it needs to do for the survival. So when we grasp the concept of understanding nothing, your body is doing is a response for you to be a better bodybuilder. It's a respond It's responses for it to be able to survive and thrive. It doesn't care about your wants. It cares about your needs. And once we kind of understand that, I really think that changes a lot of people's perspective on fitness, Mm -hmm. on the food quality. It, It changes a lot of people's outlooks on how important all of this actually is. Yeah. You know, I'm much harder to kill than a morbidly obese person. Yeah. Is really that fucking simple. If you're going to go into a fucking fight, you're probably going to look at me and be like, hey, yeah, that guy, he can be on my team. Yeah. All right. That's what because I'm harder to kill and I'm probably much more powerful. Well, that's what you're training for. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what your body believes you're training for. It's training for you to be well equipped to go into battle. Yeah. Your body is not out of the saber tooth tiger era. homie. like (laughs) we are not really like that far developed. Yeah. That was like yesterday in terms of evolution. Yeah. So your body thinks that it needs to be as well equipped as possible to go fight a fucking saber tooth tiger away from the village. Okay, like it has far bigger things to worry about than body. And that's why it's interesting when you say food choices. Yeah, you can't go crush that. So would you rather fight a tiger with Kodiak cakes, 
as your pre-fight meal let's, or with or let's with go even chicken further. and rice. Let's, say, let's go even further and talk about a Big Mac meal. Yeah, or something like, yeah. You, know, you, you want a Big Cody Mac meal for a little bit meal, of that. Or, do, or do you want some fucking rice and chicken <laughs> before your fight with a motherfucking saber-toothed tiger? Yeah. Like, let me know. And some of you with really weak mentalities are going to be like, man, you know what? I'll say I'm going to take the Big Mac because it's going to be my last meal. I'm not coming out of that bitch alive. And I'm over here like, dude, I bet I can kill it in a minute. <laughs> He's like, I need a low 64 key, ounce steak. Low key, I kind of want to go fight a saber tooth tiger now. Yeah. <laughs> no, hey, you know no, that no. Bobcat that Jason was talking about? <laughs> Bobcat. Dude, I'm going to get fucked up and I'm going to win. I might lose a battle, but I'm going to win the war. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So understanding that component of um, really just evolution, that's not uh, if if we neglect the evolutional purposes of why we are here, I, I do think it makes life a lot harder. We can make life really, 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 really fucking simple for every single one of us by just kind of understanding that even beyond like bodybuilding or physique or performance goals, we can kind of go. Um, it, it, it can help us full spectrum. OK, so in that post-workout state recover continue fueling keep those catabolic hormones at bay the more ahead of recovery we can get the far 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 better we can be okay so some take-home points peri-workout nutrition it increases the rate of progress pre and intra workout are the two most important time frames of the day for your nutrient intake Protein or essential amino acids before and during, spare muscle protein, protein degradation, set muscle up for recovery, allow MPS, allow mTOR, allow these nice cool things to thrive. If intra, if if during your training insulin is low, glucagon takes amino acids and converts it to glucose. We do not want that. That is an extremely catabolic response. Insulin is your best friend during your training session, if you allow it to be. Post-workout nutrition is only important if you, if, if the session is very intense, number one, but also if pre and intra are completely nailed. If you just drop the ball in your pre and intra, then your post-workout, I mean, fuck, dude, like, you know, stick to the plan, like, get back on with it, but you kind of botched it on that one. You kind of dropped the ball. Post-workout nutrition becomes much more Important as you advance, as your training advances, as pre and intra um, are nailed. But I don't want people sitting here like, oh, man, I, it's been 30 minutes since the gym. I got to eat when you're not hungry at all. Like you're probably still in a sympathetic state. You're probably not ready to take on more nutrients at that time. So, you know, try to eat. Yeah, you know, it's it's very ideal to eat within an hour post training. There's days I do not make it. There's days that I am an hour and a half post-training um probably never really want to go beyond that if, if if you're not hungry an hour and a half after your training session i'm not sure how hard we trained um because you know you're, you're going to be pretty beat up and depleted from this okay um so don't neglect these things it's every 0.1 percent variable especially if you're going to get on a bodybuilding stage do you want to be in that second place position when they announce awards Holding your hand up with the champion of the class, knowing that that girl or guy whose hand you are holding for the awards pictures went harder than you on pre and intra workout nutrition through the last year. And that's probably what made the difference. Yeah, dude, couldn't be mean. Absolutely. It could never be me standing in that second place spot knowing I had more to give. 
either you're going to achieve your goal or someone else is. So you might as well do everything in your power to get as close as you can. Man, we didn't even talk about call her daddy today. You didn't. Dude, they're back on air Wednesday. Yeah, I still need to watch. I still need to watch that video. Dude, it's so intriguing. Yeah. Well, watch like Dave's first video first. I watched Dave's. Okay, so, so it was yeah, the, so it ready was the for the Alex one. Cooper. Yeah, it was. You're that so one. ready. Yeah, and then watch Dave's story from today when you're done with that. It is fucking okay. epically hilarious. Like, so I, those two girls are going back on. No, just Alex. Just Sophia's Alex. gone. Oh shit. Sophia's gone. Heat, dude. I feel like Sophia's career is ruined. I truly do. Yeah. I really do. We might we might see the end of Call Her Daddy. Yeah, well, call her daddy. the the IP the IP's still there. Like it's still going to be call her well, daddy. I mean, but the, it's origi- just Alex. the original yeah. call her daddy. Oh, uh, yeah. dude, I don't think there's any recovering that relationship. Yeah, Sophia should have turned back. I mean, I'm not one to speak on other people's shit, but it's like, man, when you have two really strong stories that just really fucking align. Yeah, deeply align. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't. I gotta go watch it now. Dude, After this, whew, yeah, dude, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's juicy. She had a five hundred thousand dollar deal in her lap. And she was like, no, I think I can do better. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Get over yourself. Yeah. Like they'd only been in for a year. Yeah. That's I'm pretty like, fucking half good. Half mil for first three year one. <laughs> pretty solid. I would say we'll take pretty, it. Dude, yeah. honestly. We're yeah. open. Hey, if Dave wants to call me, dude, just yeah. slide my DMs. I'll give you my number. We'll, take, we'll take that half mil. PayPal open. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, I can talk about some funky things. <laughs> That's for goddamn sure. Can you imagine the guests on that Oh, podcast? man. There's some stories and some guests that I could have. Oh, that would shit. have to be the uncensored. That'd be, that'd be yeah. the, the Grow or Die podcast. The, the Grow or Die uncensored yep. version of the podcast. Did have to be yeah listeners beware <laughs> sports and stories <laughs> oh man so episode 32 i hope this helps you guys i hope this helps provide clarity education and practical uh, ways to apply this information to further your physique and performance goals uh, and whatever those may be so for episode 32 i really hope you guys have a great monday and i'll see y'all on wednesday peace